Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. They feel like if they, like me, look in the mirror and feel incompetent, that it's something wrong with them and they feel guilty. It is nothing wrong with them. You should honestly not feel great at that point, according to all of the research. So instead of internalizing it, we have to externalize, join together, and ask for the things we need and not hide our parenthood. Dads, too. We can only fix a problem we can see. And so we have to be visible about our needs. Thanks for joining us on the road to somewhere where we talk about exploration, adventure, major life change, and transformation. It's about not necessarily knowing where we're going, but having the faith that the journey will be worthwhile. I am Lisa Oz. And I'm Jill Herzig. And when you when you tick down all those things we talk about, exploration, adventure, transformation, major life change, I think that probably having a baby and any subsequent babies you have after the first baby. <laughs> that is just the the mini life quake of them all. And I cannot believe you did it four times. But yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Except I think <laughs> you are great. No. <laughs> <laughs> the first time I think is the big quake because it really it, you go from your whole sense of identity is shifted. Um or at least mine was. And uh, from what to what? From, like, a hot 20-year-old to, like, <laughs> lump. <laughs> yeah, I remember the lump stage. Yeah. Sure. Lump, but you just have to think. I, I, anyway, that's not I distinctly remember <laughs> when I had <laughs> to—I had this pair of black maternity pants that my neighbor had given me. And they were just, like, such a security blanket for me during my pregnancy. And I remember finally realizing that I had to stop wearing them. When Julia, my 
daughter was like six weeks old. I was like, I gotta get out of these things. I have to have to break six up with weeks, these pants. Six weeks though. Six weeks is not that. I mean, I to expect that you're gonna be. Back into like your skinny jeans. It wasn't even in so much. It was a psychological ridiculous. thing. I had bonded with those effing pants, and I kind of needed them to feel okay. Well, anyway, pre Lulu. <laughs> now exactly. you can just wear the same pants forever. But actually, what we're talking about today is the fifth trimester, which I'd never even heard of before today, which is fascinating because I think it goes on forever after you've had a baby. It's not like like three months, a trimester is three months. This is like the fifth forever. Yeah. Um, but our guest today is the author of The Fifth Trimester, The Working Mom's Guide to Style, Sanity, and Big Success After Baby. And she's also a friend of yours, a personal yes, friend. Yes, longtime friend. Lauren Brody, thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. I'm so excited you're finally here with us. I feel like I remember those pants. Yeah, you <laughs> I'm probably pretty sure do. I do. Did you wear them to work? Probably when you were pregnant. Oh, when I was pregnant, I think I wore them literally four days a week. I came back to work in maternity pants. Yeah. Like, absolutely. Jeans. Absolutely allowed. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm. And and I don't know if you felt—I mean, all these these women told me, oh, you're just going to want to burn those maternity clothes. First of all, I was like, I can't afford that. Right. If I'm ever going to have another baby, i got to put these away in mothballs. And second— these pants make me feel a little better. Yeah, <laughs> yeah me too. Pants. They give you a nice hug. But tell us, define the fifth trimester for us. So the first three, obviously, you know, Lisa, you knew the first three several times over, <laughs> Jill, a couple times. Um, I have two sons myself. Uh, so the first three are pregnancy. The fourth trimester is something I didn't know anything about until I was in it. And it's this notion popularized by Harvey Karp, who wrote this really um, popular book called The Happiest Baby on the Block. He's a pediatrician, about the idea that that human babies are actually born three months too early. And so to soothe a newborn baby, you recreate the feeling of the womb. That's why we swaddle. That's why we sway, shush, all these S verbs that he uses. And as soon as you have a baby, you recognize this thing is not cooked. Exactly. Yes. And your hips just, you stand and you sway for three months. And I remember reading his book and feeling comforted by it, but also alarmed because throughout it, he says, and, and we're friends now, so this is okay for me to say this, but he says, you know, okay, mom, just get to 12 weeks. Get to 12 weeks and your baby will wake up to the world and they'll give something back to you. They'll start to get on something of a schedule. Those clouds above your head will part. And I thought, well, God, that's exactly when I go back to work. And I did have postpartum anxiety with my first son, not with my second, but it was undiagnosed, untreated at the time. And I was really a mess. And it did start to part just when I was going back to work. But then I looked in the mirror and saw someone I didn't recognize at all. I was pretty far into my career um, by the time I had my first son, as many women are, but since we're having our babies a little later. And yet I felt incredibly incompetent, and it felt like my first day on the job as a new mom. Went back to work. I um, Jill knows me, and we worked together, so she knows I wear everything on my face. There was no faking it till I made it. I just, that would have required... Uh, you know, sleep and energy that I didn't have. I didn't have the energy to fake it. So with somewhat executive privilege, because I was already in a pretty senior role at that point, I was really open and honest about what was hard. I told people when I hadn't slept, I had my breast pump on my desk, and I was really fortunate to work around lots and lots of women. I worked at Glamour Magazine, and so people were really um, understanding and kind, and yet people hadn't really been as transparent or bare, I felt, as I had been. There was a day when a colleague came into my office and she thanked me for being so open and honest about working motherhood. And 
I think I remember actually pausing and not knowing what to say because I thought, ah, have I said one too many times that I'm tired? Am I unprofessional? Do I smell like spit up? Like what's happening? <laughs> but then she went on to say because and she was she was much younger than I was and and I think we didn't even have a boyfriend at that point. She now has a baby. She just had her baby. Um, but she said to me, I just want you to know that like I know I'm going to have to do this one day. And until you, I didn't really see anybody doing it. It looks hard. But I also really still look up to you. So, so hey, thanks. And I thought, oh wow. And I'd gotten to a point in my career where I had, I'd learned how to be an editor. I mean, we're always learning, but I, I felt I had kind of maxed out on that skill set. And I realized there was this whole other mountain to climb of learning to be a good manager and role model and modeling the kind of human, you know, management style that that I wanted to. And and anyway. I want to I want to make a confession here, which is that I'm not sure that. I, as the person in the on the level just above you at that time yeah. at Glamour, I'm not sure that I was modeling. I, I wasn't wearing on my sleeve the craziness. I was trying to conceal it. I mean, I remember once we had a we had an ideas meeting around how to shoot a working mother um, um, for an article. Photograph, and, photograph a working mother. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm using magazine speak and sounding really violent <laughs> that way at all. Um, and I just kind of laughingly said, yeah, well, this morning I was wearing, you know, heels and trying to get both my kids yeah. onto the subway into school, and I had to put my two-year-old on my shoulders. Yeah. And I looked like a complete <laughs> crazy woman, but she was melting down, and, you know, I had we had to move forward. Pick and that was the, the only way. Yeah. And everybody kind of looked at me, and I was like, oh, I guess I sort of showed my, I showed my crazy, you yeah, know? you showed your, your but I don't super think, heroism is what you showed. But I don't, but I think that that I, I, I was not as willing to be vulnerable. Mm. And vulnerability is something that is so much more accepted now mm-hmm. it than really I think is. it might have been when I was coming up and when things were being modeled for me. Absolutely. It's so true. It's so, so, so true. I will say, though, so also, I was thinking about it as I was on my way in. You know, you also, uh, this is going to sound like BS, and I don't mean for it to be at all. It's not. You're, you are super humanly good at your job. So what I see now, because I took I took that feeling that I had all those years ago, I had a second son, I did a ton of research nationally, surveying hundreds of, of new moms with as many different approaches to career and motherhood as I could come up with. So hourly wage workers and, you know, C-level moms, moms who worked for themselves, adoptive moms, single moms, and found the things we had in common working against us and for us so that we could all mentor each other and not have to, you know, go through it all the hard way the first time. And so now I've taken that research. I wrote my book, which is called The Fifth Trimester, and then I've turned it into a consulting business and a speaking business. And I go into companies and I help them do a better job of retaining women by supporting new moms. you got to keep them in. And so one thing that I've learned that's not even in the book but is about exactly that, it's that actually very, very often the women in leadership have this triple burden because you are you are a natural subset. So you have to do a very hard job very well. You have to do it exceptionally well 
if you are one of the few women in that room with other men. And this wasn't necessarily our case because we worked with a lot of women. That was a wonderful and exceptional thing. Yes, but at a certain level, it it would have been, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So that's the second burden. And then then the third is that you also bear this responsibility and opportunity to bring along all these other women underneath you. So when I go into law firms and we see that in New York, I think the statistic now is that 48% of of associates in in big law are female and only 12% of partners are. If the partners are burdened to run the women's ERG and be on the committee to choose the art on the walls, you know, and do all say yes to all of these things and also remember to order the birthday cupcakes, which they are still doing, or even if it's they're asking their executive assistant to do it, they're still remembering it. That's too much. And it can breed some resentment among women in leadership who feel like, I got through this, you know, come on. But the truth is that those women had something working in their favor. They had a partner who was home with their kids. They had enough money to be, to make it a little easier. They didn't require as much sleep. They're just super exceptionally talented, whatever it is. Like, they're not necessarily representative of the masses who are going through it. And if we're trying to create policy for those masses who are going through it because we see their potential, that's who we need to include in those conversations. And so really, it's been... Really eye-opening for me to go into businesses and understand that myself. This is not just a survivor bias thing that's happening. Like, actually, these women are triply responsible, and it's a lot. It's too much, actually. So when we come back, I want to do a a deep dive into how we actually cope with this, the stress of the fifth trimester. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, 
Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. So we've been chatting with Lauren Brody, author of The Fifth Trimester, um, about the about just how difficult it really is to go back into the workplace as a woman after babies. Um, and we talked about a little bit, you touched on the institutional issue, but I also want to talk about the personal responsibility and how, because there are a lot of women out there who are saying, yeah, it's a problem, but I'm, I personally can't change whatever corporation I work for tomorrow, what do I do today to deal with this stress that I'm feeling? I took that approach in my book because I figured, you know, the women who are reading it are the ones who are in the thick of it, who are just trying to put one foot in front of the other. And yes, if you happen to feel really ambitious in this moment and you want to move up the ladder and negotiate for everything that you deserve and have earned in this moment and change policy from within, yes, go go to it. Bless you. Thank you. And I'll show you how to do that. However, you should also know that if you are just putting one foot in front of the other and showing up and being that person to the woman who came to my desk and said, hey, thanks for like making this look like it's hard but doable, that actually serves a purpose too. And so as long as we are showing up, and I ask, I do ask the women who I coach, go one tiny extra step further than you feel comfortable. One extra step isn't going to get you fired. So, you know, can I, can I flex my hours so that I am getting one more breastfeeding session in at home? I'm arriving at the office at 10 instead of 9. I will make up the hour at night. Ask for that. Because, you know, if you have a drop-off in your supply and you feel you can't feed your baby, believe me, that is going to distract you all day long and you're not going to be as good at your job, right? So ask— Yes, that is so true. Right? That so is so true. Ask for that, that one There's thing. going to be a mental ticker tape saying, mm-hmm. oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. My last pumping session, I got nothing. Yeah. And you'll be in a meeting and no good ideas will come to your head and you'll think, why—, why why am I so and you know out of it? how many ounces and, are yeah. in your freezer, you know, yeah. <laughs> to the, to the You know block. a lot. You right. just don't really know right. what this meeting is about. Yeah. So then the other thing I tell these women is, and when you make that ask, first of all, have done your research. Like, know what's been available to anybody else around you and before you, because that sets precedent actually legally that you can take good advantage of, and you should. But also... Go into it knowing that this is not just an ask that you're making for you in your personal life. Like this is very, very, very often, I'm sure you guys have both seen this a lot, new parenthood in the workplace is the first time a lot of women have negotiated for anything. And yet it comes with these incredible stakes. So try to remember that when you ask for something, this is not just about you having enough milk in your freezer. This is this is you making change that actually will progress your workplace because your workplace is part of a bigger industry that also needs to progress and be competitive. And if you can attract the best people by having the best policies, wonderful. You're actually helping with that. I would also add taking it down from a policy level. Mm-hmm. Your company has already put a tremendous amount yes. of resources yes. in you. When you came back to Glamour, mm-hmm. we could not lose you. Well, thanks. There was nobody we could hire who would get up to the speed where you were at mm-hmm. in any reasonable length of time. Mm-hmm. So even if I had no loyalty, even if I was, you know, had a flinty heart of steel <laughs> and solely made the decision 
based on the economics of what we had invested in you, we should we should flex. The answer would be immediately. We should flex. Right. We can't lose Lauren. So do you know the numbers on about attrition? So a t- typically losing an employee costs an employer six to nine months of that person's salary. To lose them, the gap time, the money spent replacing them, you might have to pay somebody more to be in that job. For employees who make $100,000 or more, that jumps up to 213% of their salary. Mm. It's a huge investment, and that doesn't even account for anything that you're talking about. That doesn't even account for putting a dollar figure on the training and the goodwill and all that good stuff. What do you do, though, about the majority of people who aren't in some, you know, glamorous publishing industry and making six figures? They're driving a bus or they're, you know, a traffic cop. Absolutely. They can't just say, I'm going to step outside of the bus and go pump right now. Right. So they don't have the luxury of... Right. Of being an assertive woman in a corporation. And I know you interviewed people like that, too. How do you—what would you—what advice would you give them for coping? So shift workers actually do have more coverage federally around breastfeeding than than salaried workers, actually, which is is a good thing to know. A lot of people are not aware of that. Um, So they do have the right, actually, to take unpaid breaks. But who wants to take an unpaid break if you're working, you know, potentially more than one job or you're working, you know, paid by the hour? Um, so there we see strength in numbers, and we've seen this at companies across across this country that have set precedent for—it's funny, this is rather than— Rather than federal policy sort of blooming out to greater business, we're seeing the private sector start redefining these norms. So when you look at companies like Amazon or even the salad company Sweetgreen, um, they offer now the same uh, benefits to their hourly wage workers, the fulfillment center workers, as they do to their executives. And it's really important as just consumers of news when we see these headlines to wonder about that. When we see that somebody has started offering, you know, 18 weeks of paid leave for, you know, for all parents, all genders, is that actually true for the person who's answering the phone calls at 3 o'clock in the morning? It may not be. And if it's not, it it really doesn't count. There's a real upstairs-downstairs divide. Mm -hmm. Um, So there's strength in numbers. Band together, you know, with other people in similar situations. And try, I also advise trying to de-uterus the situation. (laughs) So if you can find someone who doesn't have a uterus, like you can find a a man who's a dad, a partner who's, who's a partner, a someone who has elder care responsibilities, someone who has an older child who has a developmental disability and for which they also need some form of accommodation, everybody's a caregiver in one way or another. You'd be hard-pressed to find someone who doesn't say they take care of someone, so you can find those strength in numbers and go together. So make that person an ally. Yeah. Mm, Hopefully yeah. get 10 allies. Yeah. So let's go a little... That This, this feels like managing outward. Mm-hmm. What about managing inward? Inward. Yeah, You know, I really loved that you talked about being post-guilt because yeah. a lot of what we take with us back to work during the fifth trimester and what hobbles us is our own baggage, our own guilt about doing it. Yeah. So I mentioned the surveying and interviewing I did. I hired one of the sort of luxuries I allowed myself, maybe the only in writing this book, was I hired a transcriber, single mom living outside of Cleveland in Ohio, and she transcribed all my interviews. And they were hour-long interviews, and there were a hundred of them. Every single one of those interviews contained the word guilt. And so I was able to see it leap off the page at me. 
Guilt. Should you do a search on the word in, the, in your document have. and see how many Eventually, <laughs> I did. I should have done time. a word cloud. I yes, didn't seriously. make a word cloud. I should have. But so what was fascinating was that actually it meant really different things to different people. So there were people who felt guilty leaving their baby before they were ready to in the arms of someone who they felt like wasn't as capable as they would have been themselves. There were other people who felt guilty because they just loved being back at work and didn't know what that meant about them. Were they not maternal? And so what I realized is that if guilt is this common denominator, and some of it is that I was sitting here with my survey data, like doing seventh grade math on it, and so I had common denominators in mind. But if guilt is the common denominator, what you do with a common denominator is you scratch it out. And what we need to be treating for and advocating for is helping with whatever feeling it actually is. If you feel, you know, stressed out, if you feel like you haven't slept enough, like treat that thing. Don't don't just lump it all together as this sort of sexist social construct of guilt. And the other thing that I found fascinating... Because is, guilt is based in the belief that you're not enough. Correct. So you're there not is, doing enough, there is no, no matter what. If everybody's feeling guilty, there is no other better, less guilty mom to be like. <laughs> but, so, but that doesn't help the individual, so like me or yes. you, Joe, or yeah. you. Telling me that someone else has it too doesn't help me deal with it myself. So really? what base No. It's like, I, okay, if I'm overweight, just because you say that person there is fat doesn't make me feel less overweight. So it doesn't it doesn't really assuage well, okay, the let guilt. Me give you, let me give you an example, though, and I don't think I knew what I was doing, but I recall when I had little kids, I... There, an editorial was published in the New York Times, and everyone was talking about it. And it was about calculating how much time your child spends in childcare versus with you. And it caused a big stir in our office, which was heavily female, and there were a lot of working moms. Mm-hmm. And I came in, and we were chatting about it. And this woman who was on our staff, who's terrific said that every day she, in the margin of something, Hmm. she would actually do the math to figure out that day. And at the end of the week, she would add up all the hours. And that if she ever found that her child was spending more time in childcare than in her own care, she would cry. And I remember saying to her, why are you doing this math? Why... What makes you feel you need to do this? Now, I I don't think it made it go away for her at all. And ultimately, I would say a, a year later, she chose to go freelance, which was definitely, I think, the right choice for her. But I think what that exercise, which she somehow felt she believed she needed to do in order to be a good mom, what that exercise was doing was it was a self-inflicted wound every day. Mm-hmm. So... I don't know if that if that helps with your question. No, at my all, question but is I'm, just I, that that's saying that someone else has something doesn't mean it's not relevant so, for me. But, but I have I have an answer to that. Okay. So what you're talking about is is what we all see culturally as normal, and so that actually it, it, to, sorry to go straight back to the policy, but so the Family and Medical Leave Act, which guarantees your job to be held for 12 weeks but does not pay you, is you know it's it's the worst plan in the entire world. You know nobody else besides the United States has no unpaid maternity leave. It was passed. It was signed into law. One of the first things signed into law by Bill Clinton in 1993, which is great. But that was after nine years of negotiations. And when it was originally proposed, it was meant to be 26 weeks of paid leave, which is what even back then 
was shown by all the research, which has been replicated and replicated and replicated, to be protective of mom's mental health, mom's physical health, baby's physical health, dad and partner's bond with the baby, mom's ability to maintain her career. Oodles and oodles and oodles of research showing six paid months should be the standard. What has happened is that was meant to be a Band-Aid back in 1993 that would be improved upon, and I do believe it will be improved upon, you know, hopefully soon. But we normalized it. And so now how many times— And we said it was enough. How many times have you heard somebody say, did you get to take your whole 12 weeks? You got all that time. And so what we have are these women who are coming back to work, and they keep it with them into that endless fifth trimester you're talking about, not just that 12-week mark, where they feel like— if they, like me, look in the mirror and feel incompetent, that it's something wrong with them and they feel guilty. Mm-hmm. It is nothing wrong with them. You should honestly not feel great at that point, according to all of the research. Mm-hmm. So instead of internalizing it, we have to externalize, join together, and ask for the things we need and not hide our parenthood. Dads, too. We can only fix a problem we can see. And so we have to be visible about our needs. When we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about that. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from Brain MD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two caps a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com. The lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease this is it your moment this is your time to make your comeback with purdue global when you come back with a purdue global degree you create opportunity for yourself your family and your future it's a degree you can be proud of a degree that employers will trust and respect purdue global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals these include associate bachelor's master's and doctoral degrees and certificates Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. We're talking about the fifth trimester and... 
you, the fifth trimester, the way you're defining it is 12, the 12 weeks after you come back to work of 12, week, 12 it's just, weeks. It's the return to work. For most people, it's about three months of adjusting, but it can be six, it can be years. But you mentioned coming back after 12 weeks is incre- like not biologically difficult for women, but you said for dads too. Mm-hmm. And I want to just transition a little bit to outside the workplace, the toll that the fifth trimester has on a relationship. Absolutely. Yes. So this well, is real. This is so <laughs> real. And it is it is it it can be a lifelong problem that very often begins with unequal parental leave. So, you know, what we know is that on average, women who have access to FMLA in the United States take about 8.5 weeks of leave. Cuz not everybody can afford to be unpaid for longer than that. Um, men on average take 1 to 2 weeks. And even Even this generation of new parents who come into their partnerships truly with progressive intentions see, you know, the effects of the gender wage gap. Dad probably makes more. Mom probably makes less. And I'm being very binary about it, but this is the research is mostly based on heterosexual couples. And so mom takes more time at home. And because we're so professionalized in our parenting now, mom learns all the things on the job, wants to be the best parent possible in this time that she's away from work. Dad goes back to work. Then mom goes back. They're both back. They get home at the end of the day. And guess who knows how to do everything? (laughs) Mom. And not to blame the victim, but guess who wants it all done her way? Me. I want it done my way, right? Because I've learned how to do it. So the answer here is obviously have your partner take as much time as he or she possibly can. But if you don't have access or if your earnings are unequal and you can't afford for that partner to be out of work, have him or her take time at the end of your leave when you're going back so that that partner can be home with baby, learning everything on the job, even if it's just 10 days. So you see, you can trust him with that kid. Bonding is happening Dad's fully capable. The only thing a dad can't do for a baby is produce breast milk, and, like, they're working on that. I don't <laughs> think my children would have survived if I had left them alone with my husband. With and all on, No <laughs> really? way. No way. Oh, my God. I love that. No, literally, I the don't one time. It. So I'll give you just a really quick story. Yeah. One time after my second daughter, Arabella, was born, she was born in November, and this was maybe—she was six weeks old. Mm-hmm. And it was the first time I left her at all, and I went to a writing seminar. Robert McKee. Do you remember Robert McKee mm-hmm. back in the day? Mm-hmm. So it's a week. Long, weekend long seminar. Mm-hmm. Mehmet almost killed her. He, <laughs> it was the middle of the winter. He decided he had to play tennis. It was oh. a somewhat sunny day. Mm-hmm. He left her in a stroller for an hour and a half watching him play tennis in the freezing January weather. So in Finland, they do that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, they put their kids out in the cold. All she this. didn't die. <laughs> Thankfully, she was fine. Oh, but wow. his lack of judgment yeah. around child rearing was astounding. So I, I just could not. And I, did he learn a lesson from that? Did he learn to be? Yes, don't let my wife catch me doing things that she doesn't think are beneficial <laughs> for the children. Can I tell you something hilarious about splitting up the nighttime wakings? So there's a study, it was done in Israel, that showed that dads who wake up in the night with their toddlers have better marriages in spite of being in spite of being extra tired because they are the 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 sleepiness is offset by the fact that their wives are less resentful toward them so there's just all there's this incredible case to be made actually for splitting so things basically just and it equals more sex is what you're saying yeah oh, <laughs> you know i hadn't even thought about it in terms of sex but yes probably yeah. sure isn't everything <laughs> yeah. about sex right. well i think it's I actually think sex plays a role in this, and I think we should talk about it because sure. I have to say, I I do feel like there is this moment where you 
your husband definitely is ready to go. Yeah. And the if your doctor has given you the white flag. Mm-hmm. And you is it the white flag? What's the flag that lets you keep Checker, going? A checkered, checkered flag. Anyway, you yeah. can get back in the, the you races. can get back in the race car. <laughs> but the race car is not oh, no. is not in great shape. And I just but I just remember feeling like weirdly I had no libido. It hurt like hell. Mm-hmm. I I mean, wow, I'm oversharing here, but m- losing my virginity was nothing. Yeah. Nothing, nothing, nothing yeah. compared to that. I don't know what had gone on down there, but wow. A baby came out. A baby came out. Yeah. A baby came out. And there was like, I was like, holy shit, this is crazy how yeah. this feels. Yeah. And yet I sensed on some level that I had to get through it because if we couldn't connect Mm -hmm. in that, like, primal, kind of efficient, Mm -hmm. it's like sex was, it was what the sad desk lunch is to (laughs) a three-course meal at that time. Yeah. But we just had to get there. And I didn't know how to tell other women without sounding like, you know, like I was a pandery wife. Yeah. Why it was so important. I mean, but it did seem really important. And at, I think it did really help. At the risk of simplifying things, transitions are hard, right? Like you don't go through a transition because the transition is delightful. You go yeah. through the transition, whether it is going back to work or having painful new parent sex, because you know that on the other side of it is great sex and a great relationship and potentially maybe even another baby being made one day, yeah. right? So. You know, this is going to sound ridiculous well, and to also, complete these and two also things, but sex like, that can bring you together yeah. when not a whole when lot not a else lot can. is doing it. Yeah, and you know yeah. when there's not like cozy Netflix time on the couch anymore. Right. You right. know, because the baby's crying. Because the baby's crying. I mean, I, I you know I remember it was a huge triumph for my husband when he could actually drink alcoholic beer again <laughs> at night because yeah. he we had the most <laughs> disgusting non-alcoholic beer, yeah. and he's a total beer connoisseur. And I think literally it was like something like six years after we had our first kid where he was like, I think I'm ready for alcoholic beer. Wow. Because it's just like you never knew when you would be up in the middle of the night for an hour and a half. Yeah. And it would just like you'd just be shot the next day. Mm -hmm. You know, we were just we were just kind of it's back to the one foot in front of the other thing. Yeah. Um, Sounds like your fifth trimester went on for a really long time. Yeah, Six years. Long. My mother-in-law told me the other day. My my. So my husband is one of three boys, and so my mother-in-law said to me the other day, she was like, "Your next book should be the one millionth trimester because it never effing ends." <laughs> <laughs> it's true. You were saying true. that, Lisa, but yeah. Yeah. Because, because it's just it's a different type of responsibility. It's not as hands-on, but in some ways that's more anxiety-producing because little kids, little problems, big kids, big problems. And by the time they're teenagers and you're worried about what they're getting up to in college, it's just well, that, massively stressful. That actually raises something that I, I wanted to talk about. So one of the things that you talk about in the book as having a working mom mentor. Mm-hmm. And I had one, and I'm still very close to her, mm-hmm. Lisa Bain. She was a fantastic mm-hmm. model for me. And um, and Lisa, you work closely with her now. So Lisa Bain told me, don't mistake the neediest time for the time when your child is the most helpless and small. Mm-hmm. The neediest time may have nothing to do with infancy. Mm-hmm. There are many people who can meet your baby's needs now, but there could be a moment in middle school or high school 
when you are the only one. Mm-hmm. And for me, it happened Julia's senior year. Mm. And as it turned out, I had been relieved of my job. Mm. But had I not been relieved of my job, I would have had to quit my job because mm. she developed an eating disorder. The pressure of applying to college and dealing with all of that, just none of our kids come out of that thing unscathed. Yeah. And it a little bit broke her. And thank God, thank God, literally I'm talking to God, if I have any mm-hmm. any direct line to God, she's okay now. She's good. And in fact, I asked her permission to talk about this mm-hmm. today, and she said, sure, it's totally fine. I, mm-hmm. I'm open about it, and I try to tell people about it so they can see, like, another side to it. Um, but it feeding her then, mm-hmm. if I thought breastfeeding was complicated and fraught— Oh, my God. Feeding her when she was in the throes of an eating disorder was the hardest thing I've ever done as a parent, and I would have had to quit my job. So I don't, I don't actually know where I'm going with this share, but I'd like to know what you make of it because the fifth trimester feels like the most critical moment, but actually it oh, could come later. I think the whole, the whole point of it is it sets you up to know that it's, you're never going to feel in balance. You're never going to feel like you're everything to everyone, and so you may as well just get used to that and fast. <laughs> um, no, seriously, yes. and and I and I agree. You know, when you when you were saying, you know, Lisa, when you said, you know, big kids, big problems, little kids, little problems. There's no putting her on your shoulders when she's 17 years old and and having the equivalent, you know, breakdown and needing you. Yeah. Um, my older son has dyslexia, and so I now schedule my work day so that almost every day I can be home by 4.45 or 5 because we're going to have homework time. And there's days when he has tutors and we have an outstanding babysitter, but I also have another son. And sometimes he just needs somebody to sit next to him. And and I'll do my work and he'll do his, but he needs that. And and I'm I'm it is I'm the picture of privilege that I'm able to be there and do that for him. It matters a lot to me and I'm really I'm grateful I can do it. I'm grateful he wants me to do it. I just actually wrote a um a book review for the New York Times. It's the first time I've done that about these two books about boys' sexual development through adolescence. And the essential takeaway from both of them, um, one of them is Peggy Ornstein's Boys and Sex, and oh, yeah. one of them is Kara Natterson's Decoding Boys. And the essential takeaway is when kids, boys and girls, sort of stop talking, that's when they need us most. So don't let them stop talking. Just, you know, connect the dots for them on all the sort of bad stuff and good stuff they're seeing in the world, you know, everything from, you know, gun violence to, you know, Harvey Weinstein and help them talk, 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 talk through all of the things that could potentially turn them into toxic people as adults and help them know they have your ear, you have it all along. I'm sort of in the the middle, I guess now, the messy middle of, you know, eight-year-old and 11-year-old. But I know it's going to get even more complicated. I have to say so far, and I I always thought I was a baby person, Every age I've liked more and more. Mm-hmm. Not sure my mother says that necessarily about me at 42, <laughs> yeah. but, you know. But I think that's that takeaway is so crucial. You can love it more and more, but also you need to be giving yourself slack. Yeah. At every point along the way because you're working hard at this oh, thing. You, you talked about, so hard. about that colleague of ours taking notes in the margin of her paper about hours. My thought was, is there anything in there for her? You know? Well, I think the takeaway is motherhood is not for the faint of heart. (laughs) So anyway, with that, the fifth trimester, which goes on forever, is important for everyone to to read and understand. So Lauren, thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you. Thanks for having me. You can connect with Lauren on Instagram at the fifth trimester, on Twitter at Lauren S. 
Brody, that's B-R-O-D-Y. And our website is thefifthtrimester.com. Everybody, till next time. Thank you. Thank you, guys. The Road to Somewhere is recorded in New York City. Make sure you share, subscribe, rate, and review us. And let us hear from you. Where are you on your journey? Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at Pod to Somewhere. Email us at roadtosomewhere at iheartmedia.com. Special thanks to our producer, Alicia Haywood. Thanks for joining us on The Road to Somewhere, available on the iHeartRadio app, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite, with just two capsules a day. Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Asking the right questions can greatly impact your future, especially when it comes to your finances. So if you're looking for a financial advisor you can trust, certified financial planner professionals are committed to acting in your best interest. That's why it's got to be a CFP. Find your CFP professional at letsmakeaplan.org.